The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention. I'm going to be Paul today. Cha-cha-cha. Cha-cha-cha. Repeat that question. Right out of the gate, I'm coughing, right? All righty, this is the Paying Attention Podcast. I'm Tom Duggan. We have uh, my co-host, Paul Morano. He's not only here, but he was here on time today. So he gets 50 points for that, but then I asked him if he had a topic, and he said, no, not really, so he loses 50 points question, on that. Question is, how many dollars are per points? That's what I want to know. No, no dollars. Oh, no. oh they're just po- empty points. No, Duggan bucks. Uh, shallow points they are. Yes, okay. yes. So uh, we have a, an action-packed show for you guys today. Um, we have a couple of news stories that um, you probably haven't heard of, unless you watch, uh, unless you um, read the Valley Patriot online, valleypatriot.com. We put a breaking story up, I think, yesterday or the day before, because I don't sleep. I don't know what day it was. It was probably yesterday. Let me see. Yeah, July third. So it was, it was the day before yesterday. And I, this is something that's going to be sweeping the country very soon. And I want to get a jump on this on this program because one of my, you know, I'm not really good at very many things, but one of my one of my talents is I'm always ahead of the curve on stories that are about to be big, and we talk about them, and then when they become big, nobody ever gives me credit and goes, oh, yeah, Duggan said that a year ago because nobody remembers. So it's not like uh, I ever get credit for it. However, there's a story that's about to be really huge, and it's starting here in Massachusetts. It's actually uh, – there's rumblings all over the country on this. Um, we have Lawrence State Representative Frank Moran who is actually a good friend of the show and a good friend of the Valley Patriot. We're going to see if we can get him on to talk about this in the next coming weeks, Paul. Um, he joined his colleagues in the House of Representatives, in the Massachusetts House of Representatives, to pass a measure that would have automatic voter registration. Everyone's going to be registered. We're going to, we're going to, everybody's going to, be, when you graduate high school, they're going to register you. When you go sign up for selective service, they're going to register you. To vote? To vote. When you graduate high school? When you graduate high school, if you get your, if you get your license. It's going to be all kinds of mechanisms so that mm-hmm. um, everyone's going to be in Massachusetts registered to vote. Like, what could go wrong, Paul? What could possibly go wrong with that? Well, I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. Here's a quote from... Um, what, if, what if they die? Do they be automatically unregistered? <laughs> what do you think? I, I don't know. It, <laughs> what, what do, is, you, what do you think? There should be a mechanism there. Yeah, you would think so, but I'm probably sure that it's not going to be. Here's a quote from... Um, from House Speaker Bob DeLeo, the, the yet-to-be-indicted House Speaker Bob DeLeo. Increasing the, increasing the number of people who are registered to vote will enhance our democracy and make our government more reflective of the people we represent, said House Speaker Bob DeLeo. I think Chairman Mahoney, I thank Chairman Mahoney for his leadership and the, ad, and the advocates who raised uh, their voices on this topic. I am so proud to see Massachusetts continue to lead the way in voting rights don't we already have voting rights? You have a vote, thought, right to vote if you're I a citizen, thought, right? I thought so, yeah. I thought so. Uh, to ensure that everyone who is a resident has the ability to participate, as if everyone right now does not have the ability to vote. Like They, right. they, they, they fake a problem, then they fake a solution to the problem, but it's not really a solution to a problem because there is no problem. It's really a Trojan horse. Well, is this the perceived problem? Is the perceived problem that not enough people who wouldn't vote... Uh, are not enough people who are educated and that wouldn't bother voting, aren't voting, and therefore if you register them, they might actually get out and vote? It's sort of an assistance of, of the uneducated to get them out and vote? Is that what you're I thinking? Think, I think it's all baloney. I think, I think all of this is just a big lie. And nobody will call it a lie because we don't use that language in politics anymore. For but, some but reason, what's, we lost that what's word. the motive to register everybody as soon as they are of age to vote? So that there can be more voter fraud and yes. illegal aliens can vote and Democrats can maintain power for all of human history in Massachusetts. But wouldn't you also say the, it might, might motivate more of the uninterested? Well, you yeah, but, I mean? who, but who are they voting for? They're not voting Republican. That's precisely my point. Right. Yeah. 
Precisely my point. So, so, so you, you, you always, said what I said, only you said it differently. You always have like 50% of the, of the uh, people that are of age to vote not voting, mm-hmm. basically because they're uninterested or uneducated. Yeah, I but think there should be less people voting. That's, you know, I think that we should just give the opportunity and whoever wants to vote should vote without any excess the system that we have prodding now, by the government. Save for motor voter, the system of voting that we have now works much better than having everybody registered. Because if, if you think about it, if everybody's registered, I can think of 10 people that are not going to vote. Okay. They're not interested in voting. They're not going to register to vote. But if they're automatically registered to vote, well, I can show mm. up in Derry and say my name is Bill Smith. I can show, then I can show up at Wyndham and say my name is Bill, uh, Bill uh, uh, Jones. And then I can be you know, Tom Jones in another community. And, and you, can, you can have people just like driving buses all around on election day pretending to be other people. And because there's no voter ID, who, who's going to know? Right. That could happen with or without registration. But I think that the, the problem is no voter ID. Well, it, it can right? happen without registration, except without automatic registration, except without automatic registration, you have to know the person's registered to vote. Hmm. Like if you're going to go in and vote for someone else and have actually seen it happen, hmm. you have to know that A, you have to know that person is registered to vote. B, you have to know they're not going to vote. Mm. Right, because what happens if you vote in their name and then they show up to vote and they go, "Well, your name's already crossed off. You already voted. Now you get a big investigation." And going. without uh, a necessary ID, how would, how do they know who is who? Yeah, do they know which guy is telling the yeah, truth? Exactly. Right. So Massachusetts wants to have automatic voter registration. They passed the House. You know it's going to pass the Senate because they're way more liberal than the House in Massachusetts. And then the question is going to be: Is Charlie Baker going to sign it? I think he probably does because he will do anything to kiss. The rear ends, I'm trying really hard not to swear. I want to talk about that next segment. Um, All right. uh, He's trying really hard to kiss the rear ends of the Democrats to make sure that he gets reelected. And pretending to be a conservative Republican. You know, I hate these people that are rhino hunters, not to get off on another topic, but I hate these rhino hunters that always chide Charlie Baker. He's not really a Republican. We're no better off with him than with Coakley. That's a a funny term, a rhino hunter. Yeah. I like that. Right? But... Well, you look at some of these things and you go, you know, they, some of the, you hate to admit that the far right actually has a point on some of it because you just know, looking at this, you just know Charlie Baker's going to be okay with it, right? It's an election year. He's got to get Democrat votes. This is a good way to do it for him. What if he's not okay? What if he vetoes it or, or <laughs> does not sign it? What, what happens? Well, if he, if he vetoes it, you can override the veto uh, in the House with two, a two, two-thirds vote. I don't know that you're going to have a two-thirds vote, but you might. Yeah, yeah, I probably will. You might. Yeah. Which means everyone's going to be registered to vote. And this is just the unraveling of our security of our voting system. You know, motor voter is bad enough that it allows so much fraud. And, you know, anytime you watch this topic on CNN or anywhere else on, on cable, except for maybe Fox, you know, they're always saying, well, there's no proof of voter fraud. Where's the proof? There's no proof. Right, because built into motor voter, there's a provision that says... You know, like city clerks or people who work in election departments, Paul, mm-hmm. if you go in to vote and you tell, if you say in front of the guy, I'm an illegal alien, he still has to register you to vote. I didn't know that. Yeah, he still has to register you to vote. It's a felony under motor voter for someone who works in an election department to even ask you if you're a citizen. Hey, or remind you, hey, by the way, you have to be a citizen to vote. It's a felony. You can go to jail for it. <laughs> all right? So they built in, Ted Kennedy built in to the motor voter law when, when it was passed a mechanism so that there could be all kinds of fraud and it would be illegal for anyone to stop the fraud. Hmm. Right? So you go to, you, mm-hmm. let's say you're not, say you're here from Ecuador, uh, you just got here yesterday, you moved into an apartment in Lawrence with your cousins, yeah. you go down to the registry of motor vehicles, you want to try and see if you can get a license, they're probably going to tell you no at this point. A couple, couple weeks from now they might say yes though, that's changing. But sitting on the, sitting on the counter at the registry is a motor voter card. So you fill it out. My name is, you know, Phil Smith, and this is my address where I live. And you reg- and then they mail it in, and you, voila, you're, re- you're registered to vote. That's it. You can vote. So my vote doesn't count anymore. Those of us who are citizens, our mm-hmm. votes don't count anymore because they're being watered down by people who are voting illegally. And not just, by the way, from other countries. People from New Hampshire coming to Massachusetts. People from Methuen voting in Lawrence. People in Lawrence voting in Methuen. You know, vote, maybe voting in Lawrence under their own name and then voting in Methuen under their own name. You but there's think? no voter ID, so you can't, you can't check it. Hmm. And yet the idiots, the, the idiots on cable TV continue to spout this, well, there's no proof 
There's no evidence of that. It's all a right-wing conspiracy. Well, no, the conspiracy is in the legislation that stops us even, from proving it. Even if there is no hard evidence of it, wouldn't you want to take the measures to, to make sure that it's a tight system anyway? Only look, look at what they're doing with Russia, for example, the interference mm -hmm. that may be happening with Russia. Mm -hmm. Don't you want to sort of have that attitude across the board when it comes to clean voting? Well, if you, if, if you were being honest, not you, but you in general, we're yeah. being honest about caring about interference in our election system and having fair elections. The people crying about Russia interfering with our election would also be crying about Mexicans interfering and Mexico interfering with our election by allowing their citizens to come here and vote and vote illegally. And by the way, again, who's going to stop them? Who can stop them? You can't even, you can't even document that they're voting illegally because it's a felony under motor voter. Will uh, Massachusetts ever... Make sure that everybody has a, uh, an ID, a voter ID. I think eventually, federally, it's probably going to get passed. Our audience says no, by no. the way. But yeah. Massachusetts will somehow find a way to say that that's racism. That ain't be mm. racism. Mm. That's Arabashanitism. Is it Arabashanitism? I didn't know that. Arabashanitism. That's yeah. a, that was a uh, uh, Jesse Jackson <laughs> phrase. <laughs> Arabashanitism. I like the word. Arabashanitism. Yeah. I think, I think uh, when we talked about that on the show a couple of years ago when he first said it, I think we, I think we, we deciphered that to mean Arab bashing. Ah. But he said Arab bashingism because he, uh. he had to make up a word for it that would sound really bad, yeah, like racism. So it was Arab bashingism. I was like, what the hell is he talking? And by the way, why is Jesse Jackson even on TV at this point? Who, who, do you see him anymore? No. Me neither. You know, I, it's funny. We don't see Al Sharpton too much anymore either. Isn't that funny? You're absolutely right. Yeah. Now, with Jesse Jackson... Not I that think, we're complaining. I think it, it started with Jackson with his uh, adulterous affair when they came out and exploded. Remember that a few years back? Do you happen no. to remember that? Okay. Well, after Was he cheating on his wife? Yeah. After by the that, way, why is I, that news? I don't Does anybody know, know why that's I, news? I don't know why that's news, but he was apparently he was embarrassed, and uh, we really haven't seen that much of him lately, but... I don't know what Sharpton's deal is. Maybe he's just not a good so, help. So well, let's just review because yeah. my brain's now going a million miles a minute. Yes. So when Jesse Jackson said he used to spit into white people's food and serve it with a smile and called mm. New York Jaime Town, that was okay. But mm. he cheated on his wife and that's just the end of the world. Like that's it. He's off, he's off TV now. It seems to be the case. Yes. I, don't, I can't confirm it, yes. but it seems to be the this, case. This yeah. from the same news uh, industry that promotes abortion and men being women and women being men and transgenders, and every other, se every other sexual thing you can possibly imagine. But if you cheat on your wife, that's just the end of the world. Well, don't, don't try to get me to rah-rah this one with you, because I do think that it's an, uh, an important uh, transgression of a, of, a, of a sacred vow that's, that's publicly made, so that people do have an obligation to remain faithful to their wives. I agree that people right. have an obligation to remain faithful to whatever it is that they've committed yeah. to. What I don't agree with is that it's news. Look, if Charlie Baker cheats on his wife tomorrow, not that he ever would, but let's say Charlie Baker cheats on his wife tomorrow, is that news? Like, should that be on the front page of the Globe? I don't think it should. It's nobody's business. Now, mm. if he's cheating on his wife mm. in his office while he's supposed to be working, okay, mm. that's news. Mm -hmm. If he gave his, his secret lover uh, a state job and he's paying her with taxpayers' money, that's news. But if he's just cheating on his wife with some, some woman that he met in a restaurant or something... That's just not news. It's gotcha journalism. It's, it's used. These kinds of stories are used to push people out of the public sphere and destroy their reputation or destroy their credibility because they somehow came along at one point and disagreed with the sacred cows of political correctness. What's interesting is that something like that still has bite yeah. in our day and age. That if you cheat on your wife, then that's supposed to be still that's supposed to be bad. Even though so many on the left, I would imagine, have done the same thing. Right. Anyway. So, all right. So, that's after how, how much time we got. Oh, we're still doing good. All right. So, all right, Paul. So, I've been thinking about uh, bringing this up with you for the last several weeks. All right. I'll Maybe now is a good time to do it. I'm very concerned about this pope. Okay. Now, you know that I'm no longer Catholic. I was raised Catholic. I was an altar boy. I was a choir boy. I did the whole thing. I went to St. Patrick's Grammar School. Did the whole Catholic thing almost my whole life. And about 20 years ago, I decided to become a Jew. I don't, so, I don't think you were ever properly catechized, but that's a whole other show. Properly catechized? A whole other show. I think this goes into that term of what we were yeah. talking about before we went oh, on the air about using words that's over people's heads. Well, the word catechism just means teaching. Yeah, I don't think you were properly taught what Catholicism is. I don't think most people have been. All right. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. So, but, I'm, but I'm very knowledgeable, obviously, of, of, of Catholicism because I, I, I did go to Catholic school and I 
was an altar boy and a choir boy and spent a lot of time at St. Patrick's, some of the best years of my life, in fact. Um, but I'm watching this Pope, and every time I put on CNN, they're cheering him, which makes me very concerned. Because anytime CNN's cheering mm. a Pope, that's usually a bad sign. Mm-hmm. So we've got a new CNN story. Uh, actually, it's not a new story. This goes back to April. Um, but he actually said something recently that piggybacked on this. Pope Francis says, helping the poor and migrants is as important as opposing abortion. And then in the last couple of days, he said that despite security concerns, the United States should accept all of these people into the United States. We should just let anybody, anybody who wants to come yeah. here come here, says yeah. the man with a big, huge wall around his castle. All right. Here's my first. I, I know, I, and the whole thing about gays, we want to get into yeah, that yeah, too, because yeah. he made some really bizarre comments I've, about gays. I've, obviously, I've been following you know, this pope since the beginning of his papacy. My first comment is that a good 80 some odd percent of what comes through the media I have found after digging a little bit has been taken out of context and truly not the way that the media portrays it. They, they spin it in a way that serves their own purpose. Their political purpose. Yes, their own political purpose. Secondly, I, that second thing, I, of course, that still, that still leaves about 15% of what the Pope says right. as being interesting. But s- the next thing I would say is that Catholicism in general transcends political party. It transcends political ideology. In other words, Catholicism is both extremely conservative on some things and extremely liberal on other things, and they would not call it conservative or liberal. They'd simply call it truth and goodness, all right? And it's all one package. Jesus both condemned adultery, speaking of that, and other sins relating to life and the family, but he also forgave and was soft i.e. soft love, with those who are repentant, those who are poor, those who are downtrodden, and all of that. So you have both sides of the, of the spectrum of what is true and good within Catholicism. Now, some popes tend to sort of, in their presentation, in their leadership, emphasize perhaps a little more one side than the other. You with me? Yeah, I'm with you. All right. So, Pope Benedict you're very animated, though. Are you noticing this, Rich? Like arms are going I go like these. I, I ask you about cat Catholicism. <laughs> He's all over the place. But uh, the last pope before this one, Benedict, he had the um, he had the reputation of being a little, you know, over to the side of truth and justice rather than you know mercy and, and compassion, which which was which was really false. It was a bad rap on him. He was really the perfection of both, if you ask me. But the media uh, focused on that tough love that's justice-oriented part of the Christian message. And with this pope, the, the uh, media is doing the exact opposite. It's doing the exact opposite extreme of what it did to the last pope. It's focusing only on the things that Pope Francis says relating to the poor, the downtrodden, forgiveness, compassion, mercy, and all of that. That, that side of love, which mm-hmm. is that side of Catholicism. Has Pope Francis said Anything relating to the other side, lots, but it's not being it's not being um, uh, reported. Gotcha. He he speaks about uh, he speaks about hell a lot. He speaks about demons a lot. He speaks about um, all of the all of the things that uh, the life issues and the family issues, but they're not being reported. All right. Having said that, there are some things that Pope Francis. I knew has eventually said he would get to my question. That have gone through the media that people like myself scratch their head and hope that. Uh, it's taken out of context, or he really means it this way, and I sort of just hope that um, that a more balanced presentation of, of Christianity that was so is forthcoming. Forth I, I think we lost 35% of so, our audience. So uh, basically, I'm, I'm a little confounded, just like you are, <laughs> in some of the things that come through the media as to what he says. That's, that's my bottom line so here. So I guess, my, going yep. back to the topic, the, the Pope believes, or, mm. sa- or at least according to the media, the Pope mm. says he believes... Mm that despite our security concerns, we should be opening up our doors to everybody while he sits in a castle with a big wall around it. I didn't read that. um, I just saw the title, but I didn't read it. I didn't read the article, so I don't know know what to say about that, if that's true. Should the Pope, should the Catholic Church be entering these political topics and discussions? Shouldn't they be rendering unto Caesar what yeah. is Caesar's and keeping yes. their mouth shut and talk about abortion and other things that they care As about? Only if it doesn't, if, if there is a, a, an overflow into ethics and morality and the dignity of the human person, then popes get involved. 
like you could say abor- not angels though ab- abor- no angels okay. don't have it but abortion for example is both a moral issue and a political issue so of course a pope is going to speak about that right um, when it comes to migration if I were a pope I would probably say something like every country has a moral responsibility to take in refugees as long as they can they ought to do it um, those who want to make a better life for themselves those are the ones who should be perhaps deported because they're breaking the law and nobody has a right to break the law. You give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. I don't know what this pope was saying. Those who don't want a better life for themselves, you mean? No, those who want to make a better life for themselves and, and, and break into our country I to see. do so. Right. That's not a good enough excuse. Not a good reason. No, that's not a good enough excuse no. in my book. It's like saying uh, your, your home is a lot better than my home. So if I break into your home and... And, and make sure that I, um, you know, I, I, I tidy up the place and, and vacuum, the lawn. Vacuum, yeah, vacuum the rugs and mow the lawn, then I should be able to stay there and enjoy what's in your refrigerator. Uh, I don't think so. There's, there's something called the rule of law that should be abided by if you're not in desperate need and if your life is not on the line. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see the Pope speak more specifically about that, about about what, uh, you know, what we should give to Caesar and what uh, the importance of the rule of law is in, mod- in the modern world. All right. Very good, Paul. So you have nothing else on... Um, hold on. You, so, you have no, so you have nothing more on this whole... The Pope is just... See, to those of us who don't follow, you know, from the cataclysmic inferiority of the superiority stuff, all that stuff like that goes over everybody's head that you talk about, um, for those of us who want that deep beneath the surface... We just kind of, as lay people, watch this stuff in the news where he's, where he's congratulating homosexuality and he's telling us we should accept migrants no matter what. And we wonder, like, how is that, how is, how is that defending the bedrock of Catholicism? It kind of almost seems like he's subverting it. Well, first of all, there was, um, I just had it on my Facebook page, I think a couple of days ago, where the Pope said to an audience that the only real marriage is a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. And that um, same-sex unions are not marriages and can never be, can, and can never be marriages. Things like that you see on the on the page twenty-five of the newspaper. You don't see it. In, in, yeah, if it's know, there at all. If it's there at all. But he is saying that stuff too. You just don't see it. So this is a um, a monstrous um, just takeover of the media of media spin relating to this new pope for their own purposes. But I wonder why, though, with all the other popes, it mm. always went the other way. It was always to demonize the pope, to demonize Catholicism because Catholics are evil because they want to stop us from having abortions. Now, suddenly, for some reason, they've taken a di- t- the exact opposite stand where yeah. they're because, taking snippets of what hope. he says out of, yeah. out, of, out of context to make it sound like the I, pope is cheering on gay marriage and cheering on all these right. other things. I think that came from that first public thing that he said on that airplane that gave the entire world of the left hope that their number one enemy, the Catholic Church, was going to change in their favor. When he said, if somebody is following, if somebody who has same-sex attraction is following God, then who am I to judge? Do you remember that at all, that who am I to judge thing? Yeah. Yeah, there was I, a I who am I to judge. I thought it was a little bit more, I thought it was, and again, I'm only going by press accounts, mm-hmm. right? I thought it was a little bit more like, um, um, yeah, gay marriage is okay. No, it wasn't like that. No, no, no. So he was talking about homosexuality. Now, they took that who am I to judge thing and said, oh, the Pope's cool with homosexuality. And then, then they took that thinking that this was going to be a progressive Pope, which of course is a, uh, an oxymoron. Well, he's a, he is a, he is progressive. He's very socialist. Mm. Mm. I mean, he's an admitted socialist. He comes from a socialist country. Venezuela, uh, Argentina is not a socialist country. Yeah, it is. It? All right. You're talking about Venezuela or Argentina? Whichever. All right. <laughs> but uh, I think that he has, um, um, I think that he does have sympathy for poor people because he came from a very poor country. In Rich- you got to understand, first of all, that South America is divided into the, the 3% that are extremely rich and the 97% that are extremely poor. There's no middle class right. in many of those countries. That's because they have no First Amendment, no Second Amendment, yeah. no Bill of Rights. They, they, they didn't evolve through the, you know, the, the medieval times to the Enlightenment to what we have today. So they have none of that kind of thinking in their, in their constitution or their, their ideology. So he comes from that kind of thing, and you can, you can understand, in a sense, why he has such a pre-rational reaction 
to rich people and to rich countries. He, I don't think he likes the United States all that much. Doesn't seem that way. No. So, but he's supposed to be like you know, man. He's supposed to love everybody. Yes. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like so. you know, again, I'm only yeah. a lay person interpreting this stuff through the media, but it, I'm seeing lots of troubling things with this guy, and mm. it makes me wonder if the future of the Catholic Church is 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 doesn't exist anymore. This I, is where faith it makes me wonder where if the Catholic Church is ever is going to survive all of this. And it would make me wonder too if I didn't have the faith that of what Christ says that the gates of hell will never prevail against her. In other words, you've been to Chicago. If I, if I've been to, no, I've never been to. Yes, actually, when I was younger. But my faith tells me that Christ gave the promise and sent the Holy Spirit that that uh, the, the church can never go astray, even if popes are not all that good. Now, I don't know if you know your papal history, but there have been several bad popes, particularly in the Middle Ages or in the in the time of the Renaissance, actually. That well, wasn't one guy like selling certificates to have yeah, it at yeah, one yeah. point. Yeah, they, they, they yeah. Would, some were doing pretty interesting things. However, here's the however. Here's, the, here's where the faith comes in. Christ promised to send to his Holy Spirit that the official teachings of the church through the Pope on matters of faith and morals, he would never err. The church would never err on that. So even, even though the Pope might be... Um, Crazy? Crazy. Uh, it might be tipping towards uh, mercy rather than justice, and it seems extremely imbalanced, at least through the media. I have faith that this is Christ's church. This isn't any pope's particular church, and that he will never allow it to go astray. All right, so you think that no matter what, with all these things that the pope is saying, all these crazy things, everything's just going to be fine? I think that uh, the essence of the church remains uh, as it has always been, uh, the body of the extended of body of Christ through time and space through history, and that this Pope cannot lead the church astray. He cannot lead the church into error. All right, I'm glad you have that kind of faith. I'm yeah. not really too sure I have that kind of faith anymore in the Catholic Church. I used to have a lot of faith in the Catholic Church. I just really kind of don't have any faith in it at all. So, it, it, in a sense, it makes you realize, at least me. Uh, that the church is actually the pillar and foundation of the truth, like the Bible says it is, because no matter how many bad popes that there have been throughout history, the church has still remained basically the church. So I guess let's just just wrap this up before we take our break. So I I guess it brings me back to practice what you preach. You're Mm -hmm. living in a castle with a big, huge friggin' wall around it, and you're telling everybody else to put our walls down and accept migrants. Why hasn't the Pope, why hasn't the Vatican accepted 10,000 migrants from Syria who are Muslim and hate them and want to behead them and welcome them in and feed them and say, oh, but we still love you even though you want to behead us. Why, why aren't they doing that? Can the Vatican handle that? They're the Vatican. They got billions and billions of dollars in gold. I mean, they got more money than any country on the planet. Maybe even combined. Well, I know they have a lot of assets. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, they'd have to sell a lot of things in order to have money. But th- the point is, the point is, at that tiny He's trying not to answer the question. No, no. Have you noticed that? <laughs> the tiny little Vatican, the tiniest city-state in the world, I don't know how much it could hold. Um, 10,000 is not, right. not that bad. And I don't take, know. Take 5,000. Like, I don't care what number you put on it, mm-hmm. but practice what you is preach. Like, if the Pope came on and said, listen, the Vatican has now accepted 8,000 migrants from Syria who want to behead us because they hate us because they're Muslim radicals, but we love them so much because we love our enemies that we brought them in and we're going to give them, we're going to let them freely walk amongst us and we're going to feed them. And the United States should do the same thing. At least I'd go, okay, you know what? The guy's walking the walk. Yeah, maybe he has. I think we would have heard about that by now. And is there a police force that's able to handle something like that? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, may, you have a You're supposed in, to love our enemies. You, you should always be taking. You in have these an interesting point. I, I think we are to love our enemies, but make sure that we are safe from them too. Yeah, I'm not interested in loving my enemy, quite frankly. Well, I know, but I, that's the message: to love right. your enemies, to, but but to remain uh, to remain in a. a a safe distance from them sometimes. Yeah. I'm always in destroying my enemies and loving my Destro- enemies. I, I am for Can I love them while I'm destroying them? I am for destroying their ideologies. I'm for destroying their, their, the hatred within their hearts. Um, but that's all part of loving your enemies. All right. Yeah. Hoping that they uh, eventually change. All right. Let's take a quick break, Ed. Ed's our new producer. I don't know how we lost Mr. Jonathan, but we got Ed. I'm smarter than Ed's him. You'll find out. All right. Okay. Oh, we will find out. Oh, good. All right. And when we come back, I got a... Um, a really 
kind of a jarring voicemail from an elderly woman who attended one of my lectures oh. about my swearing. So I want to talk about that when we come back. All right. Good. Everyone paying attention look, look where everybody gets it. Thank A&M Auto Body, we got our friend Angelo over there, Angelo Memolo over there. He does great work on your car. So if you got a ding in your car, somebody hits you, you got a mechanical problem, you bring it to A&M Auto. He's on South Broadway in Lawrence on Inman Street. Angelo will take care of you. Um, so what's the address there? 341 Three, South Broadway, Lawrence, Massachusetts. Then we got Joe Zingales, Rosanna Zingales Lopez from Century 21. They have been with us from the very first edition of the Valley Patriot. They've been with us from the very first Paying Attention show which was in 1999, back when he was Remax. He's not Remax anymore. Now he's Century 21, Teams and Gallus. And they sponsor our bash. They gave a $1,000 scholarship this year. They gave a $2,000 scholarship last year. And that money comes right out of their pocket. That's not like they're collecting money from other people and just using it like I do. They actually took money out of their pocket. So I don't know why these guys love me so much. I really don't. But Twin Lights, let me tell you how, how dedicated I am to helping my sponsors. The guys at Twin Light Security needed an extra security guy to do private investigations and to do security for a certain thing in Boston. And they posted it on my page and asked if it was okay if they could use my page to solicit hiring people. And I said, you know what? As busy as I am, these guys sponsor the show. They sponsor the Valley Patriot. They give us $1,000 for the bash. I'm going to go work for these guys. So I called up Pat McLaughlin and I said, look, you help us every single time we need something. Whenever I put out a call, you're there. If you need an extra person and you're short, I'll take the night off and I'll come work for you. And so I, ha so I have been. I've been doing some work for them because they're helping us. And so there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to find a way to help them in the meantime. So if you need security or if you're getting divorced and you need a private investigator, if you have a business and you need a private investigator or security, uh, you want to call Twin Lights Security. They're based out of Gloucester, but they're very local. If while I'm driving around Lawrence, I get shot and killed, make sure you get my body to Perez Funeral Home because we do business with the people who do business with us. And he's on South Broadway. With the, it's the old Scott Funeral Home. If, you were, if you're an old-time Lawrence resident, it's the old Scott Funeral Home on, on South Broadway. Perez Funeral Home at 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. Um, you can, they do crematory services. They do all the stuff that they're supposed to do, right? And uh, Mike's a, a big fan of the show. He followed us when we go live. He's an advertiser now in the print edition of the paper, and he's now sponsoring this program. Perez Funeral Home and Crematory Services, 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. We appreciate him. Franklin Veloz from Veloz Auto Group. Uh, he specializes in people that have uh, maybe bad credit, no credit. Maybe you haven't had a job for a long period of time, so you don't think that maybe you qualify for a car loan. Usually, you know, they want you to have a job for a year or more. Uh, he specializes in getting people who have bad credit or no credit or maybe spotty credit, uh, getting them into a used car. He used to work for Charlie Dare's Commonwealth Motors for a long, long time, so he knows his stuff. I think he was a credit manager over there or something. So he knows what he's doing, and, um, and he follows us live, too. I really appreciate that he does. Every time I see him pop on, I'm very excited about it. And I was there yesterday to deliver his newspaper, and he said he's already had customers come in from us talking about him on this show. So we appreciate Veloz Auto Group. Go see Franklin. He's at 17 Mass Ave. It's right at the very beginning of Mass Ave on the Lawrence North Andover line. All righty then. Tom Duggan here on the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, it's up. Two Guys Smoke Shop on Route 28 in Salem, New Hampshire at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And we want to give a, a free plug to our friends at Political TNT. It's actually, uh, if you're going to watch any of the other, there's a whole bunch of other podcasts that go on at the studio, and I've had a chance to watch some of them. My favorite one is Political TNT. It's just rip-roaring hysterically. Well, is, that, is that the one with the man and the woman? Yeah, yeah, uh, the brother and sister. Okay. And uh, she's a conservative, like a really right-wing conservative like I am. He's a really left-wing liberal, uh, you know, pro-union, the whole thing. And they basically spend an hour yelling at each other. And they have a t little timer, so they have to take turns because they just yell mm. over each other anyway. <laughs> and it is just hysterical. Like, you sit there, you watch the first three minutes, you go, okay, I'm going to watch three minutes of this, and then I'm going to go do something and come back. And you can't leave. Like, you, you sit there, you watch the whole thing. It's like, oh, my God, I just sat here and watched this for an hour. That's how good it was. 
So uh, we want to uh, we want to encourage you while you're surfing the net looking for other shows. Uh, Political TNT is actually a pretty good show. And then of course there's the Ash Holes, Ash with A S H. That is Ash very funny. Holes. Um, and uh, that's uh, a cigar show here on uh, Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. One more thing before we get back into topics, Paul. I got a chance to interview um, my good pal Lenny Clark, the comedian, Lenny last Clark. week. He came to Boston to do a fundraiser for Jeff Deal for U.S. Senate. And someone called me and said, hey, you're friends with Lenny Clark, aren't you? Like, we're not really friends. We know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why don't you come and cover it? Because he's going to be at Salvatore's. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, Salvatore's advertises with us. So why don't you why don't you go cover it and give a little free press to um, the gig he and and Dave Russo are going to do at Salvatore's? So we went up to the Western Hotel in South Boston and hung out with uh, Lenny Clark. I interviewed him live on Facebook. I think you know a couple thousand people watched that. Um, and I was re- the, here's the one thing I was really impressed with with Lenny Clark. Now I haven't seen Lenny Clark since the year 2000. That was the last time like we actually talked to each other. This is that, was eight, that was 18 years That's ago. 18 years ago, right? So I walked in and someone said, um, excuse me, Mr. Clark, this is Mr. Duggan from the Valley Patriot. He looked at me and he said, 96.9, right? <laughs> like he knew right away, like when I worked at 96.9, that's when we used to hang out because he used wow. to come in with Michelle McVie. They used to, to do a show called Two Chicks Dishing. I remember that. And it was Michelle, Michelle McVie and uh, Gail Raposa, I think. I yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think so. Maybe the name might be wrong. And he was always on the show. So he'd always like drop in and do five minutes of comedy with them and just rap about stuff. And then when he'd leave the studio, he'd come into the production booth and we'd just kind of hang there and goof on everything in the world. Like we'd just make fun of everything and mock everybody. Hmm. Um, and sometimes we'd be there till like 1.30 in the morning. Everybody else is gone. Like the janitor's outside, you know, <laughs> vacuuming, the, vacuuming the hallway and the two of us hmm. are in the production studio just goofing on everyone. So I walk in and he's like 96.9. And I'm like, dude, that was 18 years ago. All the people you meet, you're Lenny Clark. That's pretty cool. And he's like, no, nah, I just got a good memory. I remember we, I, I didn't remember your name, but I knew we knew each other. 96.9, those were some fun nights. And we started chatting. I said, I want to go live on Facebook. Can I interview you? Great, no problem. So um, did a quick little interview with him, maybe 10, 15 minutes. And Dave Russo came walking in. So we gave him a, a little bit of time. Lenny Clark is going to be in Lawrence July 27th at Salvatore's Restaurant on Merrimack Street. We've got two tables. So we will be there. You're free to join us if you'd like, Paul. Um, Who's we? We will be there. We well, the two the tab- Valley the two t- Yes. The, okay. Yep. The two tables Family. of people we're going right. to have. Um, I haven't filled all the seats yet. Uh, we went to see Steve Sweeney last week at Salvatore's. Uh, there's a guy named John David that opened for him. It yes. was way funnier than he was. He. I graduated high school with him. Did you really? Yes. That guy is rip roaring funny. I remember him in sixth grade, especially. Really. Very funny kid. Oh my god! So, yeah. so the next time I see him, I'm gonna have to tell him that. All right. uh, but we wanted to make sure that everybody knew July 27th, Lenny Clark is coming. Dave Russo is going to be opening for him as well as probably someone else. Um, I'm going to be there. The Valley Patriots going to be there. We're very good friends with Mike Agricola from Salvatore's Restaurant. He's been extremely good to us. Uh, one of my favorite people in the world. And not only that, but Mike from Salvatore's helps out the homeless. So Very like, good. whenever we need food for the homeless, whenever something's going on, he's always there. Um, so we want to give now, him a... Yes, Paul. I, I noticed that our own Maddie Ryan yes. is playing at Salvatore's she pretty is. soon. Yeah. It's like the, sec- yeah. was it the second Thursday. I, I, I don't, don't have know. It in front of me. But, but as I saw the ad and I was happy for her, simultaneously I said to myself, why hasn't Tom Duggan, who knows people at Sal's, Offered uh, my musical services All at right. the place. How, Rich, how do, I say this without, just, how do I say this without hurting his feelings, Rich? Uh, how, how does he say it without hurting do you, me? Do you want the actual answer? Well, You're not as cute as Maddie. Um, that's true. That's yeah. true. All right. It's just kind of what it is. But if you, want, do you, yeah. uh, but if you really want to do like a gig like Maddie's doing at Salvatore's, I will talk to Michael. Video. Yeah, do Michael that. Michael will do anything for me. If I called Michael right now and yeah. said, I'm out of gas, can you come get me? Even if he's like cooking pizza at the restaurant, he'd stop and come I've get been, me. I've been playing around a few times a month. Right. So uh, they could see me on the internet. Right. And, and uh, if they like me, they can have me. All right. One condition. Yeah. No unicorn song. I'll see what I can do. Okay. All right. If all you right. can promise no unicorn song, I'll talk right. to Mike Agricola. See what I can do. All right. So, Paul, I got a, um, a, a voicemail. I, I actually probably should have emailed it in so that they could play it live. Um, the woman was very nice. I did a lecture two weeks ago at the North Andover Senior Center, talked mm. about all kinds of topics. I'm, um, I'm a regular guest there. They invite me once a year. Oh, yeah? Sometimes twice a year if somebody doesn't show up and they call and say, someone bailed out, can you come help us out? I will. Um, and we talk about everything. It's a group of senior citizens, maybe about 20 or 30 of them show up. Is it a Q&A discussion or do you do a lecture? Oh, well, I do a lecture and then, I, then we do a Q&A. Uh, all right. Um, and there's, there's a lot of liberal 
yeah. senior citizens that come, mm. and they're pro Elizabeth Warren, and they're very okay. left wing, yeah. and we can civilly talk about stuff, and we and, and it's a, it's a really mm. good time. I actually one of my it's one of my favorite lectures that I do with the with the seniors, because they don't hold back. Yeah. But but they're not uncivil about it either. It's not mm. like you're dealing with these young kids that just shout you down. Right. You know, I had one guy get up and said, you know, well, you're, you're kind of full of baloney on that because. And then he kind of went into why he thought so. And then let me actually answer him. He didn't talk over me like these young kids today. So uh, about a week after that, I got this voice message from an from a, a elderly woman saying that she had attended my lecture. She had attended several lectures prior. And um, she was very upset about my swearing and uh, what she called my potty mouth. Now, was this at... Did you swear there? Yeah. Or is she talking about on your show? Yeah, no, no, no. I was oh, there. There you were swearing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What? Now, don't you understand that when you speak publicly, you're not supposed to use those words? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a, that's a good start. Now, now you might know. So yeah. you shouldn't do that, especially at a at a uh, elderly place. Well, here's the thing: like I'm I'm a I'm just a, I am who I am, right? I try not I try very hard. That's no when excuse. I, when I first got into radio, and you know this because you were with me toward the beginning of my of my radio career, right? When I first got into radio, I wanted it to be as real as possible. I wanted to be when I'm mm-hmm. on the air to be who I am when I'm not on the air. I don't want people to, to meet me and go, wow, you're really different than when you're on TV or when you're on the radio, because to me that's faking it. People who have a persona. And they're a totally different person in real life. To me, that's acting. It's faking. It's not, it's I'll not buy real, that. right? I'll buy that. So I always, even on CAP, when we were on CAP, when I was on CCM, I would slip. And mm. they would have to hit the button because I'd, I'd use the F word or the S word. Because it's just who I am. It's how, if you follow me live on Facebook when I'm chasing like shooting calls in Lawrence, I'm just talking and the F word comes out. And it's just kind of the way that I talk when, you know, when I'm not, you know... In public, like on a situation like so, this show. So, yeah. Tom, they were they were good with the button, then no FCC fines for you on the radio. No, I don't think so. They were really good with the. They were. We had a couple of producers that were really good at it, and they would actually practice because sometimes you know it would get it would get past people. But uh, they had a backup system there for us, which is really good. Um, so I started thinking about this, and I got it. Of course, my first reaction was, well, you know what? She's a snowflake. She's old. She still thinks it's 1920, where people say poopy and all this other stuff. And I immediately went to the negative in my head. And as, you, I, as you often do, by the way. I, and I think most of us do, right? When someone, mm-hmm. when, someone, uh, when someone gives like a perceived attack on something we do or we say, we always kind of go to the negative first, I think. And then as I'm thinking about it over the next couple of days, and it, yeah. I, I have, I've actually been thinking about it for the last week, um, I started wow. to think. I started to think. You know, she 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 might be right. Like she might be onto something. Mm. Um, despite the fact that I strive really hard to be who I am when I'm speaking publicly, I also have to keep in mind. I think we also have to keep in mind. Maybe that I'm the only person who hasn't figured this out yet. That there are groups of people that that doesn't work with, and it turns them off. And they stop listening to the content of what you're saying because of the swear word that you used. And maybe it's because they're older and they came from a different time. Maybe because they're a snowflake. Maybe it's all other reason. Maybe they're overly religious. Um, <laughs> everybody has their own reason why. But I do often get emails about this show. And I do often get um, similar comments that this lady had left me on a voicemail saying, you know, I really enjoyed what you did, but why did you have to swear? Why did you have to use the F word? So I started wondering, Paul, and I thought I'd maybe just throw it out to you today. Hmm. Um, Do you think that this show and shows like this are more effective with the public if you're being real and every once in a while you're dropping an F-bomb as we would if we were sitting around the, the dinner table and there was no cameras? Or do you think it's better that we restrict ourselves to those kinds of things and be a little bit more fake? for the sake of getting more people to listen and educating people and the topics that we're talking about. The latter. Really? I do. Okay. All right. There you go. Thanks well, for coming, and, kids. Good night. And it's two, two to one now. You know, right. I think... Ed, Ed's, with, Ed's with Paul? I'm with Paul. Okay. Because really what I always tell folks is you have to know who your audience is. Mm. And that doesn't matter whether you're writing mm. or speaking. And you want to communicate with that audience. Yeah. And I, I think you're right, Tom. If, if you turn them off... With the language, right. then they don't hear what it is you really want to communicate right. to them. Now, the question is, are you turning people off with the language? And I, and I think you are turning certain people off with the language. Right. Um, My view has always been, well, if they're turned off by me using the word fuck, 
then who wants them around anyway? But now I'm thinking like our entire, my entire audience when I started, my entire audience was elderly. Like when I first started in 1999 in radio, I was on CCM and the average listener age was like 118. So like that was my base audience. And if I said heck one day, it was like 27 emails or 27 written hand, handwritten mails that I'd get at my house saying, how dare you use that word? You, you, you disgraced your show by doing that. And now that I've kind of, you know, with 20 something years later, in all these other mediums, I've kind of lost focus on my audience is elderly because right now our audience isn't elderly. It's all over the place. Um, and so I've kind of maybe gotten away from tempering myself while I'm speaking publicly. Hmm. I did it at a college once. I was at Merrimack, I think. And it was a journalism class. And I think I dropped an F-bomb. Like, kind of like when we were talking last week and I was like, are you effing kidding me? Hmm. And you started giggling and everybody started giggling. But it wasn't the whole show. It's not like I come in here and, you, and hmm. drop the F-word every single, every five minutes. But sometimes for effect, I think it's good. Um, but I, got no, I get no complaints when I speak on college campuses like that. Now, there, I think you're assuming that everybody under a certain age speaks like that in private. Um, I don't. You don't? Uh, no. You don't assume that? I don't assume that. And let me just put it this way. My, my, the you people that co- I, well, you teach college, so the people you don't I hang that? Ar- The people that I hang around with well, well, never, listen, never listen, use you, that listen, language. stop it. Just stop it right now, the people you hang around with. The people you hang around with aren't representative uh, of anything in this culture at all. It is so far removed from this culture. Well, it's it, it might be. It's not a, it's not a good que- representative of anything. But the question you is. You hang around with saintly people. The, no, well. The question is, though, is is using words that don't even make sense within the sentence. Oh, um, come on. Now you're going to make me swear again. Does it lift up the uh, the discourse or does it sort of bring it down? That's the question. Uh, I think that kind of language usually gets in the way of, of the good stuff that you might be saying. I think if you're swearing at someone, that that's correct. But right. like when we were talking about, uh, oh, it was the Andover thing, right, where they pulled the yearbook. Mm. Because some yeah. kid used a quote that might have been attributed one day maybe to Adolf Hitler. Yeah. And I ended off with, are you effing kidding me? Only I said it. Right? And everybody laughed. And it was good because it brought people's attention if they were only half listening. That's kind of mm. why I do it, just for shock value. Um, I, got, I got almost no complaints about that. Like, I got like one or two. But I always get one or two. It's Would, usually the same people. Here's my question to you. Do yes. you think the content of what you say would be taken more seriously by more people if you laid off the, the dirty language? Um, maybe. Maybe. But I think, I think what really solidified mm. it in my mind was, was two things. One, Mr. Jonathan was uh, cutting the show a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And he wanted to put the F word in there. Yeah. Because it, it had something to do with majorly with what we said. And um, Dave Graffalo, the guy who owns the place, said, no, 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 don't put that word in because the Google analytics and the YouTube analytics will push you down. You won't get as much. Ah. You won't get. So it'll, it'll, it'll consider you like fringe. It won't, it, you won't get you know, the, the, the exposure when people search for it. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking about that. And then I started thinking about, you know, we've got some great advertisers here at Paying Attention. But maybe we'd have more. If I wasn't swearing, because now I've, I've never thought about this, right? Say, I think you're right. I'm trying to get a potential advertiser to do a crossover and add in the Valley Patriot and add on this show and then add on social media. And they say, okay, well, come see me next week. And then they watch the next show and I'm dropping F-bombs everywhere. And they think that, oh, maybe this guy is more guttural than I thought. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't know if that I want my... My uh, product right. to, be con- to can be considered right. with that right. kind of thing. So I've been giving yeah. this a lot of thought because, because you know, I'm, I'm very self-reflective. And I usually like to think that I'm right, but I'm always doubting whether or not I'm right and re- trying to rethink it because I want to be right. I mean, I want to do the right thing at the end of the day, whether it's this topic or anything else. And so I started thinking, you know, this is a great conversation for Paul because I know Paul hates – I know you hate the swearing. I see you bristle every time I do it. And uh, I, Wait, wait. That's not true. <laughs> Sometimes I laugh at you. Right, but I think it's an uncomfortable laugh. It's an interesting... If you were a comedian, it might work once in a great while. Uh, as a news guy, as a reporter... He figured it out. As a reporter, I'm not sure that you'd be taken as seriously by using that kind of language. Here's a secret that nobody knows, mm. they, unless they've figured it out. I always wanted to be a comedian. I didn't want mm. to be in news. I didn't want to do any of this stuff. I had no interest in it. I liked politics, but I really wanted to be a comedian. And so what, I, what I've tried to do over the last 30 years of my career in media, unfortunately, um, is be a comedian, like not take this stuff too seriously. Sometimes you're talking about something really serious and I start throwing jokes in. 
because I, I think people take things too seriously, and I try to lighten it up. So I'm always trying to be a comedian, even if we're talking about politics, or we're talking about news, or we're talking about something else. Does that make sense? Now, here's my question for you. I do, I that, do that a number. That's actually required an answer. Does that make sense? Yes, it okay. makes a lot of sense. Thank you. And I do a lot of things, right? I'm not just one kind of person. I right. teach college. I play music. I, I do a radio show, and I, and I play basketball. Why don't you do comedy acts? Why don't you ha- get yourself a one-man uh, stand-up, a stand-up routine, and then check it out at some place yeah. local? I would love Why to, not? I would love to you, do you've that. You've actually been threatening to do this for I the past been. couple of years. In fact, I almost did it at the Secret Summer Bash last year. I remember year that. No, it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. But, you, but you really didn't. I didn't do it. Well, no. you know what? Because I got up and there were three potential advertisers sitting in the audience. Hmm. And the first time I dropped the F-bomb, one of them got up and walked out. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm done. Just serve me a drink and let's we'll right. get Poobla Let me tell here. you something. Remember you just mentioned John David? That's not his, yes. re- that's not his real name. That's, oh, it's that's not. a pseudonym. Okay. So when you do your act. Don't be me. Don't be Tom Duggan. Be somebody else. Okay. All right, I'll be David John. Be David John. No, you know who I should be? Palmerano. I could get up there. I could say, my name's Palmerano. Get up there and talk about religion, but be dropping F-bombs everywhere. And then everyone's going to be walking around. Gonna, oh, you're Palmerano? I heard about you. You're that swearing guy that talks yeah. about God. Oh, boy. All right. What uh, else do Maybe we you have? can just be TJ. Yeah, no, I don't want to be that. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, okay, so we have one more, th- another w- w- couple of topics, but we'll, I think we only have 10 minutes left. Um, a lot of talk in the media the last couple of days, Paul, about President Trump. Yeah. God, I love saying that. Every time I say President Trump, I get this, this giggly feeling. Um, at least we, how much time does he have left? Two more years? Um, President Trump is considering, and I don't know why, again, this is news, but it is, a woman to yeah. be on the Supreme Court having a vagina is now news if well, you're going to have a job in our government. Like, that's news. He's going to have a woman, and that's news, and we're going to have three-hour panel discussions on Don Lemon on CNN. Hannity talks about it. Everyone's talking about it. He's going to have a woman. And A, I'm still trying to figure out how this is news, and B, I want to mock this for the last 10 minutes of the show. Well, it's obviously it's news because of the, of the strategy, that it'll dampen the whole, uh, the whole notion that if, she, if she's the deciding vote against Roe versus Wade, it's a woman that did it. So right. the left is very fearful of that, and the right is sort of uh, anticipating Isn't it that. awesome how they're freaking <laughs> the hell out? They are freaking... Uh, I, listen, go to valleypatriot.com, right? Actually, it's sad, but go ahead. And I have a story up here about uh, Gabriel Travara. She's the uh, new Miss Massachusetts. She's from Lawrence. Beautiful young lady, right? And all the ads on the side, they're all Google Analytic ads, yeah. are all Planned Parenthood needs you. Right. This is the fight of our lives. No, actually, it's the fight of the baby's lives, and you're on the wrong side. But they are freaking the F out over the fact that Roe versus Wade, which is bad law, might actually be ruled as bad law. And they're going to make less money killing babies. And the deciding vote might actually be a, be woman. a woman. And, a, and, a and then y- what do by they the say? way, by the way, not not a not a Ginsburg-looking woman. Right. Yeah. A very young, attractive, attractive woman. Attractive woman. Not not that Ginsburg isn't she's, attractive she's, in her own way, but she's really good-looking for an old a, lady. She's a who? Ginsburg? No, the the new woman. That oh, I don't think she's about. old. Oh yeah, she's like in her forties. Oh okay. <laughs> yes, for an old lady like that, yeah. she's very good-looking. Yes. Very good-looking. Yeah, but uh, we well, you know my dating cutoff is thirty-four. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You, come on, you knew that. I, I thought it might have been thirty-three. No. All, All right. right. Okay. Very good. All right. Very good, but but I think that's one of the reasons why it's so it's so huge. Yeah. Um, another reason is I don't know. So it's so in but other she's words, conservative, so conservative in other words, and female. It's not really news. It only serves the political purposes of those yes. who produce the news. Who produce the news? Yes. And therefore, they have to talk about it. Not that it's actually news, because it's really not actually. And not news. only talk about it, but begin to trash it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, God forbid, they find out during this process she cheated on her husband. Oh boy! Forget right. it. Going she'd back, be, she'd be going, gone. going back to our first thing, yeah. right? You she'd can't, you can't make law. <coughs> you can't make law in this country if you've cheated on your husband. No. You can't be a judge. You can't have a job. And you have people. Um, I guess um, uh, Trump is thinking about hiring a, a bigwig that used to work at Fox News. Yes. Who supposedly knew about Shine. sexual harassment? Bill Shine, I believe his, his name? name is. Yeah. And suddenly, like, he's not allowed to work for our government because he once worked at a company where someone else sexually harassed someone. Mm-hmm. Like, when when did all of these standards for how you're not supposed to have a job anymore come to be? Like, if you cheat mm-hmm. on your wife, you can't have a job. If you cheat on your husband, you can't have a job. If you yeah. worked in a place where someone else sexually harassed somebody, you can't have a job. And yeah. I'm just wondering where this concept came from. Like, where did this come from? 
It comes from the pits of hell. Oh, all right. All right. And it comes through those to whom um, the pits of hell have a, have a grasp on, and that is the progressive left today. Uh, I thought I was going to get a serious yeah. answer to that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, and it, that's a serious you can get, actually. And unfortunately, the, the progressive left are the ones that are the ones making the news and spinning the news. And hence, you have all of these people that could do good things in governments as being de- uh, becoming demonized. You know, I, have, I had a guy that I was trying to recruit maybe about 10 years ago for school committee in Lawrence. Yeah. And he has a PhD in psychology. He's been in education his whole life. Went to him and said, you know, they, they could really use a guy like you. And if you ran, I'd support you. And he said, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. So I'm calling all my friends saying, would you write a check to this guy if he decided to run? And I started lining a bunch of things up. And he called me back two weeks later and said, listen, I got bad news. I'm not going to run. I said, what happened? Like last time I talked to you, you were all mm-hmm. in. He said, well, you know what? When I was 18, yeah. I was in a bar and a guy took a, th- a cup of ice cubes and poured it down this other girl's shirt. And then said, let me go get those and put his hand down there. And I went over and I clocked him. He said, I, I, oh. I, I kicked the crap out of him. I got, really? ar- I got arrested. Now, this, guy was, this guy's in his late 50s now, right? Hmm. He said, I don't want my kids to read about that in the paper. And I know if I run for office, whoever's running against me is going to dig that up as if it's relevant to anything. And my kids are going to have to read about that in the paper. So I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm out. I'm not running. And I tried very hard to convince him differently. He d- didn't want to get in. Very, very sad. And... and Ever since then, I've been very keenly watching how politicians and the news use people's personal backgrounds as some kind of a weapon to stop them from getting a job. As if, as if the fact that that happened in this guy's background when he was right. 18 is somehow going to color how he votes on an after-school program or how he votes on bilingual education or how he votes on a budget. And I, I, I guess I just don't understand the logic of people in this culture that would somehow think that would disqualify you like oh so well i don't think he's saying it'll, it'll necessarily disqualify him he's just saying that it'll embarrass him he doesn't want his children to know about it right but by virtue of them reporting it they obviously mm. wanted to disqualify him. yes yes right and so i guess i just don't understand that well one good thing about uh president trump is that he doesn't care he doesn't care and as a result he's actually getting away with all of this stuff right yeah. I mean, he's the first one, just basically, to thumb his nose at the entire Sleeps media. Sleeps the porn star, doesn't me- care. Media establishment. Right. And saying, go ahead, d- do what you want. Um, I'm going to continue to do my work. Isn't it, interesting, isn't it interesting that the media is but, holding up Stormy Daniels as some kind of a hero, but the original story was Donald Trump's a bad person for sleeping with her, which mm. I would then think... Mm. Logically, you would think that that would also make her a bad person yes, because yes. he slept with they her. Were, they he were was both, ma- both he bad was persons. married and she slept with him. Both very bad. If we believe the story, acts, yes, right. Yet she's the hero, she and she's a, a porn star. She becomes a hero, and they get mad when someone calls her a slut. Someone on yeah. CNN used the word "slut" to describe her. Oh, you can't and do that. Every single liberal person on the panel went ballistic to talk over him, so he couldn't finish his sentence. Oh my God, you called her a slut. Well, what do you call someone that has sex with lots of strange men for money? Sorry. That, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just calling it what it is. Yeah. I'm not m- passing any moral judgment on it. I'm just saying what it is. She's a, that's what she is. And yet, somehow, he's the bad guy. She's great. Abortion on demand up to third grade. Awesome. Uh, men pretending to be women. Men having sex with men. Women having sex with women. Men and women all having sex together. Gang bigs. They're all fine, according to this culture and this media. But Trump cheated on his wife with a porn star, and that's just wrong. <laughs> That's where we draw the line now today, folks. Now, the, pr- the problem is you have to get to a point in life where you have been accused of so many things like Trump has right. that, that it doesn't matter at all because just what be- the heck? Just, this is just another one. Right. And this guy who you're talking about, the psychology professor, probably isn't at that point. Yeah. And, you know, he was really, mm. he was really upset about it, too, because he really wanted to run. And he was just like, you know, yeah. I just, I don't, if my kids were a little older and it was easy to explain it to them, but, you know, they're in high school and... I just don't want them what, seeing What did that. you want him to run for? School committee in Lawrence. Oh, okay. And, uh, and he was like, you know, you know what? I'm, I, I'm, I'm out. I, I'm not going to do that. I just don't want that. I don't want that coming back. Very sad. And, you know, it's, 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 the whole culture is sad when people have to worry about something they did when they were 18 in their 50s. They have to worry about something mm. that they did when they were 18 coming back to haunt them when things people did last week are completely forgiven. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. We're Colorado. all, we're all uh, imperfect and... Um, it's crazy. 
All right, we've got uh, about a minute left. I just want to touch on this one thing before we go on our way got? out the door here. Um, we've been hearing about all these children being separated from their parents. It's just so awful. Look at the separation. Well, children are just awful. And we now come to find out that one of the reasons that these children are being separated from their parents if they come here illegally is that DNA testing is being done to make sure that the people they're turning these kids back over to are actually their parents. That's actually a very safe and good thing to do. CNN thinks it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, CNN thinks it's the worst thing in the world. I mean, these, these guys might You're be... You're violating their privacy. They have HIPAA rights. They might be sex pimps. You, you don't know Some who of these, them are. You don't know who these folks are. Right, right. So I just wanted to impart that onto people. If you um, catch CNN the next couple of days, you'll be hearing Don Lemon crying about it. You'd probably call it racism at some point because everything is racism to that guy. <laughs> All right. So Melvin Taylor says we've got to go. Paul, tell us uh, who, you, who you are and, and where you they really can find do? you. Yeah, what do you really do when you're not here? <laughs> what am I? You can, you can listen to me at uh, Beneath the Surface, uh, my radio show at WCAP 980 AM. Uh, or look under, look, Google Beneath the Surface with Paul Morano, and the podcast is everywhere on the internet right now. I teach college, I play music, I do lots of good things, and uh, try to have fun. All right, and pick up your edition of the Valley Patriot. We are out everywhere. The July edition will be out next week. You can go to valleypatriot.com and read our daily stories that come out. Um, don't forget July 27th Lenny Clark at Salvatore's restaurant we've got a couple tables we want to see you there you'll get to meet Lenny afterwards you'll sign autographs all that stuff thank you Ed for being the voice of purgatory today you are welcome appreciate it we'll get Ooh, him that was a good voice we'll get him we'll get him yeah. in more on some of these discussions as we go Melvin Taylor says go home stay cool so go home already and as and as Ronnie Ford would say what Paul we, uh, we, I we, wish you enough we wish you enough yes The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.